Panels there, and uh, then we drop back in the field to Solar Panel. One obscured there on the outside. It's no refund, Rich Princess. And at the tail of the field, Warren Bungle, well out of it at this stage. Banksy Strike starting to put the pressure on Snippy Strategic, but Snippy Strategic has a, a narrow lead with Capset moving into the race nicely. Far, far back in behind them. And then we've got uh, Solar Panel further back and uh, Tower Road. But as they straighten up, Snippy Strategic with Far, Far moving up on the outside and Capset joining in. Snippy Strategic under the whip. He's tried to lead from Barry to Box and he still has a slender lead. Far, far driving hard. But Snippy Strategic gets up by three quarters of the length. Far, far. Capset into third. Now Tower Road got going again. He Popular win there for old Snippy Strategic back in the winner's circle for Kerry Crow and Jason Babarovich. That was start 78. Win 13 with 20 minor placings. Nearly ticking over 125000 in prize money. Time for tonight's Greater Western Queensland and Racing News Podcast. Andrew, what's with you here this evening? Max Tanks steering the ship. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. I think it was this time two years ago, Snippy Strategic went on a little bit of a run, didn't it? Yes. Um, must be, obviously, the, the fitness in the legs. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he uh, likes those firmer tracks away from Mount Isa a bit more there as well. But, uh, no, really good win there for Snippy Strategic. Obscure facts this week. As a little introduction again, and uh, I thought... COVID is, is obviously a massive talking point again because of, um, you know, the states coming out of lockdown, uh, where there's going to be crowds, they're talking about Victoria opening up Melbourne Cup Day, and uh, for, what's an obscure fact about germs? You got, you got one here? No, no, go to Brooke first. Oh, right, as we throw over to <laughs> Fresh from the Bell Needy Radio. Do you guys want to know something really embarrassing? What's that? Um, the way you wrote the content out and sent it on to me. I didn't know you meant an obscure <laughs> fact about germs. I was just like, oh, why are we going to talk about germs? Like, <laughs> a separate topic. <laughs> so, um, Max, you go first and I'll find one. That's all right. I'll, look, the kitchen cloth, it contains 200,000 more bacteria than your average toilet seat. Ooh. So have a think about that next time you're and, wiping and over. They often... Hey, yeah. Say that isn't a dog's mouth or something like cleaner than the average toilet seat. What is? Yeah, it's it's something I've heard like that. It, and they say your, your um, toilet is cleaner than your kitchen sink or something like that. Or, or, or I don't know if it's yeah. like something. Yeah. And in the commercial kitchen, yeah, that's why your chucks cloths. They've got to be one use, even though you often roll the dice and wash them a couple of times. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yes, Brookie, you got one now. Well, from what I'm reading, like. I don't know if they're out there because some of them just seem like common sense or, I don't know, make sense to me. But apparently there are more germs on your phone, keyboard and your cutting board than on a toilet seat. Oh. I don't know how you get more germs on your cutting board than on your toilet seat. Like you should it. know this one. What's are you working here? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were alluding to the fact that I would have done something on a toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this one's interesting. This is a great topic, Max. Uh, a clean mouth has between 1,000 and 100,000 bacteria on each tooth. If that makes you squirm, consider this. The human body sometimes has 1,000 species of bacteria in it. Yeah, wow. Oh, wow. We're so, learning so much. So that's, that's, that's potentially, you know, 2.6 million sort of in your mouth. There are the moment, 2 yeah. to 10 million bacteria. 
bacteria on your fingertips and elbows. What do you touch with your elbows? If you're sitting on well, a... you're supposed to shake hands now with your elbows, <laughs> touching your elbows. Well, I won't be doing that. They're dirty. When you think about it, if you're sitting at a desk, you're sort of leaning with your elbows on the table a lot of time, don't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, that was a good one. Very so, interesting. Well done, Maxie. Hey, uh, <laughs> back to Winton. Let's wrap up um, that open race, Max. Uh, far, far into second. Two lengths back to Capset in third. Uh, Tower Road in fourth, beaten six and a half. We'll see him at Longreach on Saturday. Beaten favourite, Banksy Strike. Seems to struggle away from the eyes, huh? Yeah, it does. And uh, I, he probably... He, oh, there's a couple horses in that race, so I think they're probably a victim of their own racing style, that being... Uh, Banksy Strikes, who you referred to there, as well as uh, Warren Bungle, another horse that obviously does like to get back in the run. Um, so, you know, they're two that it will improve on their day, um, especially Warren Bungle probably dropping back down the weights as well. Back to race one, and he got the cash finally. Tank attack for George Tipping and Benny Moffat. Started 220, equal favourite. He won by the barest of margins over Grandma for Tanya Parry and Timmy Brummel and Mashani Dude, a new one for Sean Roy, still in the John Manselman colours. Finished in third with Jason Hooper in the saddle. But Tank Attack um, continues on a good run, uh, Brookie, for George Tipping this year. Yeah, he has. This horse has been doing well, and um, so is George Tipping himself. And uh, it's good to see Benny Moffat get a winner. It definitely would have made the trip well worth it. Uh, he pulled into the Austin Stables on Saturday morning and rode six work. So um, I had the morning off. I made him sweat. So happy days. <laughs> and he got a winner. So, yeah, good on him. Race two was the benchmark 65 over the 1,000 metres and will beat it. Drawn nicely in barrier three. Uh, made its all own luck and was victorious with for Denise Ballard and Rick McMahon. Half length over full of fire. New one for Stephen Royce and Jason Hoopert. And Flash Fibian, uh, that was a dead heat for second, which absolutely flashed late for David Rewalt and Scotty Giddos. But Will Beatitz uh, had a good preparation, Max. Yeah, it has. Uh, the two runs at Mount Isa might just uh, not have appreciated that track, as we know some horses uh, don't. So getting um, away from that sand at Mount Isa, getting back on top of the ground at Witten was uh, obviously the trick there. Race three was a B over the 1,200, and Nixie Boy for David Werewalt got the cash. Scotty Giddos, the winning jockey. Great to see Scotty in the winner's circle. Defeated Red Red Rose for Sean Royce and Jason Hooper. Costa Royal wound up in third for Kerry Crow and Barra. But Nixie Boy, uh, Brooke, a horse you know a little bit of a, about, and, and certainly the further they go, the better he'll get. Yeah, I think I wrote him his first start um, that he had for David and I thought that he could definitely win a race out this way. And, yeah, look, he's been knocking on the door probably the last three starts. So um, he was entitled to put his head in front for a win. So that's nice to see. He had a good barrier and um, Scotty Giddos made a really big trip last minute to um, take the rides. As you know, there was a bit of a jockey shortage there at one stage. So, yeah, it's definitely nice to see this horse win and um, well-deserved for David and Scott Giddos also. And I know Dave would probably be uh, kicking himself at the moment that he's out of the saddle because his horses are they're absolutely flying. So he, and I know he doesn't like giving up that winner's purse either when, uh, with the uh, jockey side of things. So. He's pretty competitive. <laughs> <laughs> Over to the lucky last and Cozy Can Can, a winner for Tony Schofield and Jason Misson. Pretty impressive, actually. Length and a quarter over Miss Sizz. Um, who backed up pretty well. He's run at Cloncurry. There was a few um, er- a few problems there that weren't noted in the stewards' report. Porter Bell finished third for Mark Oates and Benny Moffat. For Maxi, because he can-can, started $10. Now, if you take that Bar Calden run out, 
His first run uh, in the stables for Tony Schofield was good, being beaten by Cass Vance, and probably looked a little bit of overs. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, he's obviously a horse that does like to get back a little bit as well. You go through uh, the form from uh, down south in, in New South Wales there, and it always got back and ran on, which can obviously be a little bit of a question mark on the tracks up here, and with the 63.5 kilos as well. But getting right down to that benchmark 45 grade, it was, uh, yeah, looking back now, it's probably easier to say that it was overs, but uh, yeah. Maxi, uh, one to take away from the meeting? We have one to take away. I think uh, you probably look at a horse like Capset as they head up to uh, Mount Isa uh, this weekend. I, I believe it's in the Spring Cup. Uh, probably going to be pretty hard to beat. Um, actually, it's not in the Spring Cup. Um, they might go Curry. They um, might go Curry. Day. So that, that's, uh, yeah, I think Capset's probably a horse to follow. Max and Brooke, before we move on to the next uh, part of the show, um, just want to acknowledge heroism uh, there on Saturday at Springshaw. had its 100th start. Uh, wasn't able to win, unfortunately, but uh, gee whiz, he's been an old marvel. 19 wins with 18 minor placings, 225,000 in the kick. Uh, he's been a wonderful horse for Bev and Boy, and uh, hopefully there's another win in, win in him for, the, for connections. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, he, he's uh, been going around for a, a little bit now, and I remember when he first came on the scene, he was... Uh, Winning quite a few cups, and uh, yeah, he'll be going around the Longridge Cup this again this weekend. And uh, we know he loves that Longridge track, so he might even put a little bit of a sight there. Brooke, have you been on heroism? Yeah, I have before. Actually, I got pipped literally by like a whisker in the Junda Cup. Uh, Luke Dillon beat me actually. <laughs> um, There's a blast from the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I had. I've um, yeah been on the horse a few times. He always runs really well for me, and he's he's a funny bugger. Sometimes he'll jump out and he'll bolt on some jockeys, and then other times they can't get him going. He's he's definitely um, if he wants to do it, he'll do it. If he doesn't, well, you're stuffed. <laughs> Maxi, yeah, that was the year I got beaten by um, stablemate Zendaya, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, there you go. Um, obviously, uh, we're. Changed it up the uh, the format a bit, a little bit last week, and uh, instead of the top five, we're going to go with eye catching moments. So, eye catching moments across racing from Australia from the weekend. Uh, we'll start with you this time, Andrew. Oh, look, it's got to be at Springshaw, and um, I uh, had the pleasure of calling down there, and a big thanks to to uh, everyone involved down there. It was a wonderful meeting, about six hundred there beautiful setting the Springshaw track but the quirkiness of of the track uh, and if anyone's seen the videos if you haven't jump onto youtube and go to um, racing queensland's non-tab racing page and just watch the pattern of the day now there's two eye catches race one a hundred to one shot one for the good guys in racing stewie and cheryl rogers uh, massey whisper and that was uh, damien booty's first ever australian win as a jockey so it sort of came down the center of the track now that's the closest they ever came <laughs> in the in the second last race we often talk about uh, horse railing like a greyhound well um olivia kendall went to the outside fence and railed <laughs> and won and then in the cup her ride on um Rin Viata for Wayne Baker was an absolute pearler. She came ne- nearly on the grass section <laughs> and the slow ones were coming back onto her and she cut back to the fence. So it was probably the racing pattern from Springshaw for the for the week that really uh, caught my eye. And in saying that, I didn't really watch any other races either. So, um, so and I did was... um, see Emma Bell put on Facebook that is the only time you'll see her uh, on the outside rail uh, and being caught that wide, so eight wide in a race. So <laughs> They came that wide that a tree obscured my vision <laughs> 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 for the first 
first 50 or 75 meters of the straight. It was just a guess. But I was uh, going to say, I've rode at Springshaw before and I won um, on a horse for Vic Heading. I can't remember her name. She was a little grey thing. And it was the same scenario. She literally headed for the outside and I sort of couldn't steer her much. I thought, oh, well, I'll just let her drift out there instead of fighting her too hard. And, yeah, she won like, literally down the outside fence. It must be something, must be, yeah, something about that track. Maxie? Yeah, my uh, catching moment actually came um, at Randwick on the weekend with Very Elegant getting up uh, with an absolutely fighting performance. And as a result, there's a lot of conjecture on, on racing Twitter afterwards, and they're talking about whether the, the term champion gets thrown around too lightly. Now, it probably does, but the obviously some people are saying that Very Elegant's not a champion and doesn't deserve to be called the champion. But I thought that she is in her own right a champion. Nine group ones, a group one every year since she's been in a three-year-old season. And all different group ones, nine individual. From 1,400 all the way out to 2,400 as well. So, um, But it does get you thinking that there is just the champions that have that will to win. And I, mean, I know we speak of them in the bush. There's the likes of Belante, Fabs, Cowboy. Yeah. Uh, they've all got that will to win that you, you see bred into those champion horses. It's funny you should say that because I was actually going to text you last night. I was watching Chris Waller interviewed by Corey Brown and Ray Thomas from uh, The Telegraph. And they were, they were talking about this exact point. And um, Waller said, oh, well, you know, to us, nothing really you know she's got nothing to prove and you know how to ask him he's had winks probably yeah. arguably the greatest um horse in our in our um you know in recent times but definitely i mean she's a champion around right for sure and certain oh I've, I've, you know I, I do agree that the term can be thrown around lightly yeah. but i don't think there's a there's a yeah so there's not even a question about this one i think very yeah. elegant is a out and out champion what was uh, your eye catching moment from the weekend brooke um, I'm going to have to go to, I seen a race at Kyneton. Now, I didn't watch any races on the weekend. I was at Balanidi Rodeo. Um, but I've jumped on Facebook and obviously I've got uh, racing.com and a few other pages on there. And they've put up a video um, from Kyneton and it's a horse um, has come out of the barriers, landed on its nose. The jockey has practiced, as the horse has come back up, he's in shot up in the air and practically landed on the horse to his outside. He was clinging on to the jockey that was on his outside, hanging off him, and has somehow managed to end up back up on top of his own horse. Um, This jockey's name is Logan McNeil, um, and the horse's name was Aspen Snowmash Trains by Ben and J.D. Hayes. So I think if you've got some spare time and you've got Facebook or you can get on punters.com.au or racing.com, head over and check the video out because it's uh, some fantastic horsemanship. I've been in the same position before, but I didn't stay on. So (laughs) I know exactly how hard it is um, in a situation like that and you're just desperate to not hit the deck. And, yeah, I think it was um, fantastic horsemanship. A job well done. I can't believe he actually landed back on because once he went off and obviously landed on, um, you know, like you said, the horse beside him, he could have went yeah. anywhere and then somehow he still ended up back in the saddle. And Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty crazy. It's hard to explain um, <laughs> over the phone, obviously, but if you can have time to watch the video, it's definitely worth a watch. It's pretty amazing. Tonight's talking point now... Racing Queensland have again announced once more that the uh, Queensland government is taking part in their uh, next round of the country racing infrastructure program. And, you know, we, we've seen some great projects that have been rolled out in the past. Uh, I know out here in Longridge, we've been lucky enough to obviously 
begin the process of an outside rail. We've got some tie-up stalls. We've got a wash-down bay. It's, uh, it, it's definitely doing a lot for the clubs, but I sp- it made me sort of think, what are, the, uh, what are the improvements that we'd like to see Racing Queensland probably prioritise in a lot of cu- clubs across, across, the, uh, across the bush? And I'll start first. And something that I, I, I've... Well, travelling to a lot of race meets, it's, it's something that I, I think you see at every club, and it's to do with the photo finish. And I, I believe that there, there should be probably an upgrade or, or something to the photo finish equipment that we've, we are getting at a lot of clubs out in the bush because you see it fail probably a lot more than it should. And when you think about a, the amount of money that is on the line, a lot of these races that go to connections, that go to trainers, that go to jockeys, that go to owners, it's... Um, you know, I don't even think it should be a, a question about whether the photo finish um, should be, you know, as we said, upgraded, I suppose, each year. And not only that, have the, the best quality that's available. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, we, we know uh, from experience we're having trouble with, with the operators as well. Uh, this Long Reach Cup Day we're having to outsource from Julia Creek. Maybe there needs to be equipment, but also... Uh, proper training for these yeah. operators as well um, that's that's all covered by Racing Queensland or Curic or, or whoever and, and possibly a roster and a pool of these these workers that you can call on at, at any time and, and we've seen these issues right across the Central West over many seasons as you suggested and, and the more tab meetings and the more exposure we get you just can't have margin for error. Oh, absolutely not. Um you know, even if it, if it is something that can be aligned with Curic, you know, whoever it is, someone that travels to these meetings with the stewards. I mean, we, I mean, we've got two medi- two stewards at every meeting now. We see um, a steward that travels from away. They've, if that's a way that can be done, but uh, obviously that's something that uh, should be an improvement down the way. But uh, we'd love to see obviously all the uh, improvements to a lot of the uh, outdated, I suppose, uh, some of the bush clubs. You see the outdated jockey rooms and amenities and. Uh, probably like to see a lot of those upgraded as well, um, just so that people, you know, like uh, in the bush here, we've got a lot of female jockeys, and I know we spoke about it before that female changing jockey rooms have only just sort of started coming in the last few years. So just that continued upgrade of those as well. Brooke? Yeah, I think Max has basically covered a few a few of them there, but I'd have to agree with uh, the photo finish thing. I, I've had a bit to do with that before. Also, um, yeah, it can be disappointing when it fails or when there might not be a photo finish. I think racing, no matter where it is, is still racing. We're all doing the same job. Um, some of us getting a little less out of it out here in the country for less prize money, um, but we're just as important and so are our owners and everyone else that's involved. So I think it would be fair fantastic to see some upgrades there like you've pointed out and also perhaps in the um, area of the cameras used for the stewards for the stewards footage Mm. I know that I'm not sure um, who is in charge of that or or if Racing Queensland supplies that equipment or if it's up to race clubs I'm I'm not entirely sure I don't have um, that much knowledge on that background of things Um, but I do know uh, if there is an incident in a race, we have pretty poor quality footage. It's quite hard to actually even see the horses or what's going on or or where the incident even happened. Um, even basic things like maybe a stand for the cameras so they're not holding them up facing the breeze and mm. the cameras that wobbly that you can't even see the footage. Um, it becomes a little bit of an, 
a disadvantage at times and you know you'd probably like to stick up for your ride a little better and the horse um when there's something that could possibly be pointed out and prevented and work in your favor a little more we miss out on those opportunities um and probably running rails i think there's a there's a fair few running rails um, out here at some of the bush tracks that could probably use um, some upgrading. And also for the race clubs that hold meetings in the warmer parts of the year out here, I know that uh, Isisford, I believe it is, has the um, misters up mm. in their tie-up stalls. Um, I just think they're a fantastic idea because it's great for um, the horses and not to mention the strappers and the trainers as well that are standing out there in that heat some days. I know some meetings um, getting towards the end of our season, we've had 40-odd degree days. So, um, yeah, anything that can make it more comfortable for the horses who are the athletes, um, you know, and part of the backbone of racing would be um, an improvement anywhere. I think before we go to having a look at the noms for this weekend, Maxie, um, the Racing Queensland Awards on Sunday night uh, saw a fair few winners in our area. Uh, in particular, the horse of the year country was sizzling. Those nine from nine for the Caroline family and Todd Austin, unfortunately, uh, passing uh, a little earlier this year. Uh, leading country trainer up there at Julia Creek, Tanya Parry. Uh, she won in a cakewalk, really, didn't she? She uh, trained many, many winners this year. Alicia Ross, the leading apprentice over uh, country Queensland. And probably the big award uh, was the induction into the Hall of Fame for the Ballard family. Um, husband and wife team, Denise and Keith, as we all know. And, of course, Dan Ballard, Max, uh, a great honour. Yeah, I think so as well. And, uh, you know, I saw a video that was actually put up on um, Racing Queensland's Facebook after the awards and Michael Charles did a, a great little spiel talking about what, um, you know, what they've done to racing and, you know, especially in the more recent years and, you know, where they brought the Mount Isa Club to when they were in a, in a little bit of trouble. So uh, they've done a terrific job. And uh, from all reports, they said that um, Dan's acceptance speech on the night was uh, was just incredible. So... Uh, I, I could imagine. I know that Dan's such yep. a well-spoken person. So, you know, congratulations and, a, you know, a really good family that deserved that honour. And, um, Brooke, I think um, it was great to see Sizzlating honoured um, with those nine from nine. So sad that he's not here with us uh, anymore. But certainly on reflection, I don't think there's been a better horse come out of the Central West in, in many, many moons. Yeah, I think so. I think every time he won, he won in style. Um, he didn't just you know, win narrowly. I think he was it was a narrow win there in Rockhampton that time, but a big step up from the bush. He really proved himself. Um and like you said, the the wins, the string of wins all in a row, it, it was fantastic. It was such an effort. You can only imagine what type of horse he could have been. Um but yeah, it's great to see a horse out here acknowledged for their efforts and um once again, yeah, Todd Austin's day will really um do have some handy horses and have done over the years so yeah it would have been really nice for the owners to um have a horse like that and also get an award for it it was really yeah something pretty special i think racing this week uh country cups challenge qualifiers kick off uh firstly at Longreach, nine um have nominated and i believe they'll probably all accept top weight uh, maxi will be mr tickets with 63 and a half yeah, um, <clears throat> Boingo carries a 62 kilo as well with the mare allowance. It's uh, getting up there, getting out of that 1600. But it, it looks like it's going to be a, a pretty 
pretty hot, hotly contested little race. Um, I know you've got an early tip for Wayne Baker's Rinviata after the win on the weekend. Yeah, I, I do. I don't mind it, but I tell you what, uh, the High Harry of old, uh, fifty-seven kilos gets in really, really well. He runs a mile. Um, Brooke, I don't know. Are you riding? Yeah, yes, I'm. I am riding High Harry. Ah, there you go. So I might, I might, I might, I might change my mind then. Over to the Ring Rose Button Accounting's thousand meters. It's a sprint. Um, weights headed by Fully Max with sixty three and a half. Zook has sixty one and a half. Uh, ten acceptors. Uh, ten noms, Max. Yeah, the Divine Red's a very interesting runner. If you go back a few starts, it uh, finished uh, behind the captain in Darwin at a weight for age race. Uh, First up here now in Queensland, but it, this looks like another really hotly contested race, and uh, yeah, it looks to be plenty of speed as well. Give Zukas a chance. I think he's probably got enough runners under his belt now that he's, uh, you know, he would be a chance in this race, especially sixty-one and a half kilos. The lightest weight he's carried in a while. Brookie, have you got one in there? Um, I'm riding Magic Trick in that race, and oh. I think if you go back and have a look at its last run, um, it can. I think there was a few little hiccups there. I definitely think it can improve off that. Um, but I really also think Zillator, hey, I know probably 1,200 metres suits his horse a bit better, but with only carrying the 56 kilos, and um, I think Dave might be back for longer. He'll be hungry for a win. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, quickly on Magic Trick, that run at Yapoon uh, last week, that was absolutely massive. It yeah, made it up a enormous. lot of ground and, and ran into quite a few behinds on its way up the straight as well and uh, yeah. arguably probably should have won. Yeah, so it gave me a bit of confidence <laughs> heading into Longreach anyway, that's for sure. Let's go up to the Isa Country Cups Qualifier, Spring Cup Open, 14.50 the journey. It's Stephen Roy's versus the field. Uh, Grand Symphony, loud enough, and Level 8, who's flying, and probably the main contender there against it, Dukes County, Max. Yeah, and if Warren Bungle probably turns up, uh, you'd expect it to run a race as well. But again, it, it's its own worst enemy with the start there. But yeah, Dukes County, looks like it's a horse on the way out, but he's got to take on those old timers in Loud Enough and Grand Symphony. And to the Country Stampede qualifier over the Flying Thousand, uh, Tango Rain, he's going to get plenty of weight here, but he'll go around probably, I'd, I'd suggest, around that even money mark. I think the biggest danger here has got to be Wicked Wiki. He loves the Iser. He does. Uh, we expecting probably what sixty-seven kilos again for for Tango yeah. Rain. Um, he might handle a little bit better on the Mount Isa track, but you know, Wicked Wiki's going to get in and thrown in there at the weights in in comparison. And uh, you can probably um, take on Wicked Wiki at Mount Isa at your own peril. Right, it's about time to wrap things up, Brooke. Uh, all the best this weekend at Longreach Cup. Uh, you got a full book? Yeah. Oh. I think I'm missing one at this stage, but, um, yeah, I definitely think I'll pick another one up. So, yeah, it should be a good day. Big weekend in Longreach, obviously. Maxi starting Friday night at the Birdcage Hotel. We'll have the Calcutta. And then uh, leads into a day full of festivities uh, right up until late. It does. Uh, I can't wait. Um, we've got a Storm game kicking off at 4 o'clock as well. And uh, once Storm booked their position in the grand final, we'll be partying on through the night. Brooke, you'll be staying around for a couple of uh, mojitos after the last. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick to the blackfish, but <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> the mojitos are a bit nah. <laughs> <laughs> Not race day appropriate. Brookie, thanks for your time this no. evening. <laughs> thanks very much. Max, thanks. Andrew, what's signing out of tonight's podcast? Good luck wherever you're racing over the weekend, and we'll catch you again next Tuesday night.